So begin reading. I'll begin reading in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jonas and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. But they will progress no further, progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. Let's pray. Lord, this is your word. You, by the Spirit of God, breathed it out. Uh, It is inspired of God. It is profitable for teaching, uh, for Reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness. Lord, would you so teach us and instruct us today by this word that we might be equipped for every good work in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, This past Wednesday, I read an article from a uh, newspaper online uh, from Great Britain, and it reported the following. It said that a a non-binary, genderqueer, Anglican priest in the United Kingdom is on record claiming to use the clerical position in hopes of normalizing such behavior among children. Quote, I try to get involved with the local LGBT youth group, said Reverend Bingo Allison, a Church of England priest in Liverpool who identifies as genderqueer and uses they-them pronouns. He said... Well, one of the biggest things is just being a visual representation in my community and going into schools and doing assemblies and making a huge difference in normalizing it for children. When I'm wearing my collar, it lets children know that it's okay and that there's a place in church and the outside world for people like me, Allison added. This individual who claims to be a minister of the gospel has a form of godliness Wears a collar, uh, but denies the power of God to change his own life, to change the lives of those who are confused by the world uh, about their gender. Uh, And so, as Paul wrote to Timothy, from such people turn away. I know that all of you here this morning have no uh, uh, problem recognizing the, the gross error Uh, and ungodliness of this individual who's pretending to be a minister and of the Church of England who allows such an ungodly person uh, to be a minister in the church. But pressure is mounting, you see, in in all churches today uh, to um, accept these kind of corruptions of uh, life and, and doctrine in the church. Well, uh, there's always been uh, people like this around who resist the truth, as Paul says in this passage. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith. So today I want to look at some of the tactics that false teachers use. You can see just reading the, uh, what this 
uh, man said, what I read earlier, you can see the deception, the craftiness that comes from the evil one. But we'll look at some of the tactics that, that false teachers have always had and that Paul outlines in this text to Timothy uh, so that we can avoid being influenced by them, so we can discern uh, their ways and not be taken in. Well, the first thing we learn about false teachers in this passage and the way they operate is that they take advantage of the weak and the gullible. Verse 6, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women. Uh, you know, Jesus said, remember you know, what he said in the, in the Gospels. He said, beware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. They, they come not, they come pretending to be one thing, uh, but in reality they are another. And so we, we shouldn't be surprised when false prophets arise, because Jesus said they would. Uh, and yet we should be on guard against them. Uh, on guard for, for the weak, for the susceptible, for those who are liable to be taken in. Uh, men of God, you need to study the Bible. You need to know sound doctrine. Because the men of God are the, are the ones who are called to lead the church. And if we don't lead... Uh, we're going to leave women and children susceptible to the lies of Satan. Well, these false teachers in, 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 in Timothy's day, uh, they were able to somehow worm their way in. And Paul said they had a form of godliness. And, and again, the wolf in sheep's clothing thing, uh, it means they're liars. You know, that's, that's just the only way to say it. Uh, they're not what they claim to be. And uh, particularly these women in Paul's day, these, he called them gullible women. Not all women are gullible. Uh, but women can be easily led by strong personalities and teachers. And uh, they were being taken advantage of in that day. And it's true today. And again, to exploit uh, women and children today, as this man, uh, Mr. Allison, was doing, uh, they, these people are wolves. These people are servants of Satan. I have one thing to say to this Reverend Genderqueer Bingo Allison man. Jesus said, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned into the depths of the sea. Now, I didn't say that. Jesus said it. And if you're not angry at what false teachers are doing, and, and, and again, this is nothing new. If it doesn't anger you, if it doesn't upset you, it upset Jesus, uh, and it should upset you. Well, these teachers would come in, in, in to these women's homes probably. Uh, maybe they were widows. Maybe they came when the husbands weren't home. And... Uh, you know, to their credit, women are often more religious and devoted than men. Uh, we, we know that often that is the case. And, and certainly there were many women in the New Testament who uh, were faithful followers of Christ and helpers of the cause of, of Christ. And the same is true today. And there, there are many noble women who do not fall for the lies of false teachers. And I'm looking at a lot of them here today. Um, however, uh, there's lots of women today who who do not have godly husbands, 
or not in godly churches with good teaching, and uh, they're out there kind of on their own because because uh, just the way it is. And so uh, the, today people are, you know, the, the false teaching creeps in, not necessarily into the home directly, but through TV, the Internet, through books, uh, conferences, and so on. And uh, a lot of the teaching, a lot of the teachers are unaccountable to the church. So the, these people are out there teaching who knows what. And, and women are, are open. Some women are open to these things. Uh, and again, because often, if they are married, their, their husbands are not spiritual leaders in the home. Uh, I know Christian men in our own community. I, I've talked to, uh, to a number of them through the years. And they don't seem to have an interest in studying the Bible seriously or studying theology. Uh, they go to church, they profess their faith, uh, but they're not knowledgeable in their faith. Uh, and the Bible tells the, the Bible tells husbands to lovingly lead their wives and to teach them at home and to uh, take them to church, a church that teaches the truth. You know, some men I have seen will let their wives lead them as to where they attend worship. Uh, perhaps a wife would like to go to a church because she likes the music there or because she has family members there. The husband would like to go to another church that is more sound in, in the doctrines and, and, and teachings and preaching, but he gives in to her wishes and they settle for something that's weak and watered down. Um, well, think of Eve in the garden. Uh, they had been listening. She and Adam had been listening and talking with the Lord God. Uh, in the garden, and they heard his voice. But along came a serpent to talk to Eve, and she be, she began to listen to his voice instead. But where was Adam? If he was around, he did nothing to protect Eve, nothing to defend her against this evil being who contradicted what God said. You see, God has called men to be not only provider, but protector, and not only physically, but spiritually. And Paul described these gullible women in his day as being loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Teachers, these false teachers, you see, they prey on the needy. They, they, they prey on, on those who are uh, loaded down with sin and sinful desires. Now that's true in one sense of all of us. right? Uh, all of us are loaded down with sins. But, but what the false teacher does is is to peddle another gospel, a counterfeit gospel. He doesn't. The, the false teacher doesn't give the true gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the only solution to anyone who is laden with sin and sinful desires. That is why we must always study the gospel to make certain we have it uh, clearly in our mind and understanding the gospel of the person and work of Jesus Christ by grace alone, uh, through faith alone for our salvation. And so we take our stand for this gospel and never must we compromise it for any reason. So uh, secondly, not only do they take advantage of the gullible, these false teachers often appeal to those who are eager to learn. In verse 7, it says they're always learning and, never, and yet never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's good to have a desire to learn. I am 
hopefully always promoting that, uh, for you to read, to study, to listen to good teaching, um, however you can get it. Uh, but I found it odd that some Christians hardly ever read their Bibles. They don't ever read another book, a commentary, or, or uh, listen to something that might be helpful to them. Um, they become indifferent to the knowledge of God. And I remember talking to an individual one time, and I was glad this this uh, this man was going to church. And I asked him, "Well, what do you think about the church? You know, how, why are you going there?" And he says, "Well, I, you know, I like to hear a good sermon, just like anybody else. You know, it, just a place to kind of be entertained, I guess. I mean, you know, but hearing a good sermon." And being there to listen to it is not the same as digging into the Word or taking that sermon to heart. There are a lot of connoisseurs, as as the Puritans used to say, connoisseurs of sermons, but very few who are putting those sermons into practice. In one sense, we must be ever learning, always growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. That that is absolutely true. Um, Following to, to know the Lord studying, being diligent. However, these gullible women and and anyone who fits that category were taking in every new idea, right? It's it's the fashionable things. It's the the new things and, you know, growing in advance. But we have some new truth uh, that's much better than the old truth. Uh, It's more exciting. It's, uh, you know, and, and but they don't come... They're learning, but they never come to a right understanding of the truth as it is in Jesus. And we could give numerous examples. I mean, dozens and dozens of examples. One example, you know, has always been this issue of the end time purveyors who like to tickle the ear of audiences and tell you all these facts and figures and uh, they they understand the book of Revelation, even though the rest of us can hardly uh, uh, figure it out. They have it all figured out, and they will tell you everything. And there's a problem, though, is that uh, their views and explanations are always changing because they get their information from the news, and they say, this is what Revelation is saying. And yet, uh, when it doesn't come to pass, then they have to change their teaching. And so uh, it's, it's, it's sensationalism, often. What we found, another te- false teaching that's infiltrating the church today is what we call critical race theory. You'll never hear that in this church except to condemn it. Because critical race theory, which we don't have time to get into, uh, is, is completely and entirely unbiblical. Yes, there are racist people in the world, and, and, and if you're guilty of racism, racism is wrong. To look down on another person because they're a different ethnicity or race. But what we see with critical race theory is is, uh, dividing uh, people, uh, pitting various ethnicities and races against each other instead of encouraging us to love one another in spite of our differences. Um, CRT came out of the universities. It carries an intellectual appeal. It's based on Marxist thought, which is anti Christian. It must be rejected by the church in those uncertain terms. So, to be always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Um, such a person is fascinated by the new, the novel, will not settle down, 
taking teaching that that satisfies curiosity instead of feeding our souls, and it's to be occupied with speculation rather than what is certain and true, the unchanging doctrines of the Bible. Now, uh, since these women were laden down with sin and lust, uh, of course they, they are not going to listen to teaching that would urge them to part with their sins uh, and lusts. Rather, they gravitated towards teachers who who coddled them, who accepted them in their sin and never challenged them to repent. Now, since Jesus Christ is the truth, uh, then ultimately what they're doing is ignoring him. The false teacher always misrepresents the gospel and represents the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, So to come to the knowledge of the truth is to come to the knowledge of Scripture, yes, but to come to the knowledge of Jesus, who is the truth. Uh, It's to commit yourself to him as your teacher, Uh, to live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth in the word of God. Now later in 2 Timothy 3, uh, as we'll see, uh, Paul gives the answer to the deceptions of the false teachers. He mentions the scriptures which are able to make us wise for salvation. And in verses 16 and 17 of chapter 3, he repeats these well-known words. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we have to reject speculative teaching. And we have to embrace the inspired word of God. Uh, So anything that contradicts scripture, anything that contradicts uh, what Uh, What the church through the centuries has held to be sound doctrine uh, must be rejected, just as Jonas and Jambres were rejected. And that leads to the third point this morning, that these false teachers resist the truth and are disqualified regarding the faith. Verse 7, as Jonas and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Now, Jonas and Jambres are not actually named in the Old Testament, but uh, Jewish tradition says that they were the um, the Egyptian sorcerers, or at least the main two, who used their uh, magic tricks to try to um, you know resist and, and oppose Moses in his contest with Pharaoh. Moses, as you know, was called by God to lead the Hebrews, the Israelites, out of out of Egypt, and uh, in order to do that, uh, God used him uh, to perform various signs. These plagues came upon the land and people of Egypt. And, and you will recall, as, as we read, uh, that first uh, plague, uh, or that first sign with the, the staffs becoming uh, snakes, they were able to imitate and, and duplicate that. They were actually able to imitate a couple of other of the plagues. Uh, and they were, of course, by doing this, they were directly opposing the work of God and the truth as Moses proclaimed it. And Paul brings up this example of these two men to remind us that uh, we shouldn't be surprised when we find opposition and adversaries um, arising in the church. And, um, you know, the interesting thing, I didn't know this, but there's a Jewish tradition uh, 
don't know if it's true or not, but it, it said that, um, that after Jonathan Jombrace realized they couldn't you know, defeat the power of God that uh, was with Moses, that they basically pretended to convert to Judaism. And when they saw that they couldn't stop what was going on, they, they basically joined the group. And they actually went out in the Exodus with God's people, as the story goes. And so later, as, they, as, as, the, as the story uh, is told, they are the ones who influence Israel to make the golden calf and to worship it. Again, we don't know that that's a true story, but if it is, it's certainly uh, you can see how dangerous it is uh, to tolerate false teachers in the church today. Uh, these men, Jonathan Jarmus, they pretended to have God on their side, to have God's power, but they were not servants of God. We know that. And today, that's exactly what false teachers are doing, pretending uh, to be God's servants. Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. Uh, you know, a true teacher of the gospel will never encourage idol worship would never encourage the breaking of any of God's commands. Paul describes such men as those who resist the truth. They resist the truth because, as, as the Bible says, the truth is not in them. And so, with regard to false teachers, there is a time and a place for us to expose their lies, to, uh, to name them even. And that's what Paul is doing here. He does that elsewhere. He goes on to describe them as men of corrupt or depraved minds. Their minds were corrupted by sin. They couldn't reason or think biblically or logically. Uh, in the end, uh, they were antichrist. They are antichrist. Uh, they uh, preach another gospel. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul said those who preach a different gospel, another gospel, than the one we preached, uh, they are cursed condemned to eternal separation from God. So th these things are of the utmost seriousness and importance. In verse 8, he says they are disapproved concerning the faith. They are disqualified. They're rejected. The Bible uh, translations, the older ones say they reprobate concerning the faith or worthless, completely to be rejected. And that the word uh, there for disapproved or disqualified uh, it was used with reference to testing metal and coins in those days. And the coins back then were much softer than the ones we have today, and people would shave the edges off of them and save the, uh, the excess so they wouldn't have to, to uh, pay as much, in, in effect, for what they were purchasing. But if a, a coin was found to be uh, shaved, then it was rejected. And so false teachers who shaved the truth should be rejected and cast out of the church if they don't repent. You know, many false teachers, again, are, today are not accountable uh, to a, a, a church. They operate independently, often, of God's authority in the church. So, so uh, those who are outside the church and are not accountable uh, are ones, certainly, that are suspect. And... Um, as Paul said in verse 5, from such people turn away. Well, verse 9 ends this section. Paul says they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. 
And I think when he says this, he doesn't mean that false teaching will completely go away. We know that's not the case. But rather, God will only allow it to go so far. Uh, You know, Jesus is building his church. He's not going to allow his church to be completely overwhelmed or defeated by false teaching. Uh, So the true church, as it stands on the word, as it looks to the Lord, will... Uh, recognize, will be given discernment uh, to recognize and correct error as it comes along. And all throughout church history, sometimes the church, the true church is down to a very small number, but there's always a remnant uh, that has been given this discernment who holds the truth of sound doctrine. There are times, uh, you know, in the dark ages when uh, people didn't know much and there weren't, there wasn't much Good teaching. That's why the Protestant Reformation happened. But, but uh, the true church survives, and the true church presses on in the truth. The folly of Jonas and Jambres became known. Everybody realized in the end uh, that these men, because they couldn't duplicate the miracles that God wrought, um, and even they themselves recognized. Uh, that they could not really you know, oppose God because w- when they, when God turned dust into lice and the magicians tried to imitate that miracle, they couldn't do it. And what they say to Pharaoh, they said, this is the finger of God. Uh, it was clear to everyone at that point that they had been opposing God and that they were in the wrong. Well, pastors and elders in the church, we need to guard the flock. We need to have the courage to correct false teaching and to reject false teachers. This is the job of a a shepherd to protect the flock. And, and, And so believers need to find churches that don't just make you feel good, don't just make you happy. That would be great. Uh, I hope you're happy to be here today because you're here to worship God, to learn and to grow. Uh, But... But you find churches and teachers and preachers that refuse to shave the truth. We need to join such churches, support their work. Uh, Dr. Donald Gray Barhouse, the well-known preacher of uh, the 20th century at 10th Presbyterian in Philadelphia, he said, uh, he wrote this, he said, In one century, more than 80 laws were passed in Athens to stop the practice of shaving down the coins in circulation. But he said, but some money changers were men of integrity uh, who, who would accept no counterfeit money. We think everybody's dishonest today, but, you know, I think there, there are still pe- honest people today, just as there were back in the ancient times. There were some men of integrity who would not accept counterfeit money. They were men of honor who put only genuine, full-weighted money into circulation. Such men were called dokimos, the Greek word, which means approved. Uh, Adokimos is what these false teachers were, unapproved of God. Same Greek word that Paul used in 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved, dokimos, unto God. The one who preaches the truth, who is unashamed, who is approved to God, doesn't shave the truth, doesn't hide the truth, doesn't avoid the truth, but preaches the whole counsel of God. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm not saying that I do it. I fall far short 
of doing it. Um, pray for me that I would be able to do it, that I would be one who is approved unto God. Stick with the church and the preachers who are approved, who are documents. Reject those who are disapproved and disqualified. So, of course, it comes down to you and me being faithful to study the Bible, to read sound teaching. If you need to know what books to read, I'll be happy to, to tell you. So what about this book? I'll, I'll do my best to find out what I can about that book and, uh, and give you my honest opinion. Uh, study the truth of Scripture. Become discerning so that we can easily identify the tactics of false teachers. Don't be led astray. Um, they, like their father the devil, are crafty. And they put their message in a very appealing format sometimes. And it's exciting. It's interesting. But you'll just be ever learning, spinning your wheels, and you'll not come to the knowledge of truth if you listen to them. Let us bow together now as I lead us in prayer.